Coming to you from the Coachella Valley in Southern California, in association with Anchor.fm, welcome to Is This Your Playlist? On tonight's episode, Kedrick is joined by Stephen Chandler, who is guest hosting all the way from Australia. Tonight's playlist is all about the Fab Five of Pop, Seps. My name is Joey and this evening's playlist will begin now. Hey, playlisters, uh, it's Kedrick, and you're here with me again, and this is uh, episode number 61 of Is This Your Playlist, and uh, I am joined by a very special friend of mine. He is coming all the way from Australia. Yeah, everybody, Australia, I know people, okay? And his name is, what is it? <laughs> Three guesses, playlisters, what his name is. Yes, it's Steve. Hi, Steve. Uh, you collect Steve's. That's okay. I'm I'm the Australian model. You know what I mean? There's actually another one, but <laughs> that's a story for another time. So anyway, um, Steve sandwich. So Steve is joining me from Australia tonight uh, to do episode 61 of this issue playlist, and it is on my favorite topic of the universe right now. It's the Fab Five of Pop. No, ladies and gentlemen, it's not Jordan, Joe, Donnie, Danny, John. No. Okay. It is not Mylene. Can't just kidding. Um, is <laughs> Faye, Claire, Lisa, Lee, and Crazy H. Tonight's episode is on steps. Yay! Woo! And um, if you happen to be and if you happen to be watching this clip that I may or may not use. <laughs> Steve has his uh, What the Future Holds sweat uh, t-shirt on, <clears throat> and I have my homemade t-shirt that I wore to the concert uh, in 2017. That just and tells then, you someone's more crafty than someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the perfect word for it, crafty. Yeah. Um, so, so, Steve, why don't you tell everyone how we met? Okay. So, way back in June when we were actually allowed to, you know, travel the world and get on a meet and greet in Leeds. So I packed my little suitcase all by myself and came from Australia all the way to Leeds and did my meet and greet. Well, did, yeah, I turned up for the meet and greet and stood in line like everyone else does and nervous nervousness and all that kind of stuff. And I think we, we spoke briefly in the line, like if I, if memory serves, because you were getting lots of comments about your shirts and all, and your shirt and everything. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was there by myself, just not speaking to anyone because, you know, I was by myself. And then I went in, for, I was talking to the lady in front of me and then they left. So I was by myself on my phone and they like called me for the meet and greet. And I, someone behind me was talking to me. So I turned around to speak to them and walked basically face first into Lee Blatchford Evans. <laughs> which is not a horrible thing to do. Um, had a wonderful meet and greet with Steps. Um, they were all quite surprised that I came all the way from Australia to see them by myself. And they were all super, super lovely. So I got my photo and then went outside and had to have like a little moment by myself because it was, it all happened quite quickly. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I ran into a, another lovely lady who we met as well. 
and um, and you'll you'll find self. And we compared notes about you know our meet and greets. Um, Sharon and her daughter were super lovely. They're like, let's get a drink. So they'll buy me free drinks. I was down for that, and we um we all ended up being sat next to each other as well, pretty much. So we had an international little steps convention. That is definitely how it happened. Um, yeah, I was I was also by myself <clears throat> because I've realized that people want to join you and people want to be in your circle, but they don't want a they don't want to pay money and they don't want to do all this stuff. They want the benefits. And I'm like, no, I'm out. Leads. Let's do this. And the meet and greet was the same for me, although I said, where's my boyfriend H? <laughs> and he kind of looked like, for the picture, I was like, where's my boyfriend H? And Lisa was next to me and I said to her that I had her out. I said, I have your album, I love it. And I told Faye that my ex took the single for someone like you because he wasn't gonna let me have it. I'm like, wait a second, hold on, no, no, no. Step to me. <laughs> and he's like, nope, I'm taking it. And then of course, Claire Richards, oh, Claire Richards, the one thing that I've, I've met her twice. The one thing that I say to her that makes her cringe every single time, are you ready? TSD, the first group, she cringes every time I say it. I'm like, Claire, I love TSD. She's like, ugh. She says it every single time. I love TSD. I saw them. I saw them perform in England. In At least she's consistent. <laughs> yeah, but I love Heart and Soul by T. Look at her. I mean, look at her on that single cover right there. That's her. Not, I mean, no, wait, that's her right there. And I watched the video and it was like, oh, so 1995. <laughs> anyway, so um, we were seated together or near each other. And I'm sure you saw tears because I was crying my eyes out during when I said goodbye. So much that the girl in front of me was like, she's like, love, are you okay? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, Steve. <laughs> and one for sorrow took me down too. Great. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but that was the that was the best show. That was the best concert. And the Bingo Boys, I love them and I never got to see them. And they are fun, period. So that was yeah, that was a trip. They 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 were really good. I mean, they've been doing it for a long time, and it's just like yeah, I mean, they couldn't have picked a better support act, to be honest with you. Yeah, so then Steve and I have uh, stayed in touch, and I almost was going to come to So Pop. Womp, womp, womp. No So Pop 2019 or 2020. Yeah, free for that. God, that was such a great lineup, too. Um, I don't know why. Look, and we they were gonna they were gonna like premiere the stuff at Soapop. Like Soapop was literally, I think, the weekend after they originally intended to release the single or everything, and the album was gonna be out. And then the dreaded Rona. Yeah, he yeah he she it it ruined my um it ruined my trip to England to see Louise. <laughs> and it ruined my two second row Las Vegas Duran Duran shows. And um, let's see, uh, everything else. <laughs> yeah, you know, the entire world. But what's what's more important? <laughs> you know, <yeah. laughs> so, um, 
So yes, so uh, we're gonna take a little break. We're gonna get ourselves together. I'm gonna drink some water and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna start the steps playlist on Is This Your Playlist with me and my buddy, Steve from Australia. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Steve and you're listening to Is This Your Playlist? Hey, playlisters, thanks for coming back. Um, I'm here with Steve, and we are talking about steps. Steve, thank you for zooming in with me today to help me out with this. Um, Risa is still out. Her mom uh, passed away a few weeks ago, and she needs time off, and that's cool. And I'm giving people uh, guest spots, so thank you for doing this for me. Um, <laughs> no worries. So steps, yeah. Yeah. Um, they were, <laughs> I remember the first, I mean, the first thing I saw was five, six, seven, eight, or the first thing I heard. And I was kind of like, um, okay. <laughs> you know, it was sort of like, this is weird. Um, Cause they were on Jive and Pete Waterman was, was taking care of them. So, you know, I'm a big Saki and Waterman fan. So I kind of just like bought it, whatever. Um, but it wasn't like, it didn't really impact me very much. And then last thing on my mind came out. And then I thought, well, that wasn't one of my favorite Bananarama songs at all. So I was just like, okay, this is gonna be two for two, right? And I'm looking at the case and I'm like looking at the one girl and I'm like, oh my God, that's Claire from TSD. And then it was just like, it was on after that because as you know, I love TSD. Claire, if you were listening to this, I love TSD. And then it just kind of went from there. What was your first time? Or what, what was the first time you heard them? Five, six, seven, eight was definitely the first time I heard them. And I think that that song, that song was huge here. It really took off here. I think it was the height of that, you know, well, probably, yeah. 97 the height of that line dancing craze that everyone was going through and the concept of the band is that they have steps that go along with their music and so that first single no matter what it was designed to be whether it was meant to be you know a one-off one-off you know novelty track was a foot in the door um it wasn't a song that I was like, oh yeah, this is earth shatteringly great and amazing, but it was definitely a presence here in Australia that you could not escape. You still cannot escape it. If you're like, oh, I don't know how long it's been since I've been at a club or a pub or something like that, but it's one of those popular songs that comes on, like, you know, over here, it's the Time Warp and the Nutbush and five, six, seven, eight, everyone knows the dance moves, everyone could do the dance moves or a variation thereof. So that was the first exposure, yeah. Yeah, I remember reading that um, that five, six, seven, eight was a big hit over there, which was which is weird for me to hear you say that they kind of never came, like they didn't come back or they didn't come and do some sort of tour or something, um, <clears throat> which is weird. Uh. Um, so, so yeah. So then, like, I remember reading. Um, that they the next single was going to be called one for sorrow and it was and pete waterman wanted it written for claire to sing i remember reading that and 
I wasn't impressed with one for sorrow for a long time. Even the dance mix, I don't know. There was just something that was just kind of like, mm. it just was, it just didn't hit me. Um, but it's funny to know now that that caused so much drama with the girls. It's like, I'm sorry, honey. Um, I remember uh, hearing Lee talk about like <laughs> the, uh, um, the auditions and how like, Claire sang River Deep Mountain High and he said that he just kind of like, like he he felt bad for all the girls in the room because she just blew them away. Claire can, Claire can sing better than the other two. I love them, <clears throat> but whatever. So, but for me, like tragedy was really the one that kind of started it on the up for me. Um, yeah. And uh, they went on tour with Britney Spears that summer 99 there was five acts on the bill besides Britney and like steps was the third one. And they sang three songs. Last thing on my mind, one for sorrow and tragedy. That's it. They were gone. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> and of course in the venue, there was, you know, four of us standing up dancing because nobody knew who they were. <laughs> of so, course. What was your, what were your highs? What were your lows? And what kind of brought you like to the game? So, um, as I said to you before, um, five, six, seven, eight really wasn't wasn't the song that like made me gravitate towards them super quickly. Um, ironically, <laughs> I think it's because my parents brought me up on ABBA, and it was very much that you know melancholy, sadness on the dance floor kind of vibe and then last thing in my mind kind of was like the more up-tempo version of that and then tragedy was you know of course a monster wherever it played like you can't go past tragedy it was originally a bg song so you know <laughs> we love it here so it, tragedy gets a fair amount of play here as well but um yeah i one for sorrow and last thing on my mind were probably the ones that made me go ooh. Now, that being said, it was incredibly hard to get the first album here. Um, so I remember, and please don't hold it against me, but I, we had a, a burnt CD copy with a photocopied in, like, inlay so I could hear, you know, get the whole vibe of what it is. And I think that that first album really, you know, put them on the, put them on the map with, the fact that that wasn't just that one hit wonder sound that they actually had vocal chops, their songs had meaning. It was all that kind of stuff. It wasn't just, Hey, we're the fast food rockers. We're going to sing about McDonald's and pizza hut. Come and watch us. Uh, it was, there was more to them. I think was what, you know, what grabbed me from that first album. I mean, it, it, it's packed full of songs that, you know, Five, six, seven, eight, last one, one for sorrow, heartbeat, and better, best forgotten. Five awesome singles from your debut album. And they were pretty much unstoppable in the UK. But the fact that they were still blipping on the charts, you know, without any exposure is pretty good. And they're still managing to do that to this day. So that a novelty single would have launched an act like that. Like, like they've never. I mean, the Britney Spears tour was the only time they came here. And they released one for Sorrow for a movie called Drive Me Crazy, the, the Sleaze Sisters remix or the Tony Moran remix, the fast one. 
and it did nothing. America's not, I don't know, America's never been good with like the boy girl combo groups. I don't know what it is, but like America just doesn't get it. So they just never came back. Um, and with me, you know, I'm always like that kind of like weird anomaly, like how, how do you know who we are? You're from America and we've never released anything there. It's like, how do you, it's like, I know who you are. And, um, you know, for me, uh, definitely Better Best Forgotten was the one that really just kind of like solidified it for me with the dance routine and everything. And then uh, I thought Steptacular was good. I thought some of the album had a little bit, it was kind of filler a little bit. <clears throat> but like when Love's Got a Hold on My Heart came out, I just loved that song. The Outfits is definitely in my top five. I mean, love the music, but like some of the outfits were just like, come on people. <laughs> but that was, that was the time period. But, um, you know, I, I was telling you earlier that I went on to the Steps fan sites. Uh, and said, what should I ask tonight for this thing? So the one, the first one I'm gonna ask in this, I'm asking you this, okay. They said covers, okay. Which is the best one and who did it better? And, and they gave me five choices. Tragedy, last thing on my mind, better the devil, chain reaction or dancing with a broken heart. If you had to choose Ooh. between those. I controversial opinion i really don't like their version of better the devil you know just because to me it's a kylie song because <laughs> um, i'm australian i don't know i think that's just kylie you know i really like what they did with um i really like i think i'm in the minority i think i like dancing with a broken heart i think it's completely different to delta's version i like that it's popular but i think for covers I think chain reaction stands out the most. Like I get that tragedy is a cover. Like I'm not a, I'm not an idiot, but I feel like they gave chain reaction something a little bit different. And I, it might be just the mix of vocals or something like that, or the production, but I prefer their version of chain reaction to the original. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, better the devil now the only reason i say that is because i mean trust me kylie is kylie is tattooed on my arm forever she is the goddess <laughs> but there was just something about like i remember hearing it was coming out with say you'll be mine and i was kind of like oh god here we go but it was just that dun, 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 and the you know the dance routine and i was just like oh my god this might be just a little bit better because when kylie's better the devil came out I so love the first two albums and Better the Devil just did not, it didn't hit me right at first, hers, Kylie's. And it took me yeah. a long time. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, but you know, I, I mean, I could have thrown um, Deeper Shade of Blue because a lot of people don't know that that was actually Tina Cousins. Um, yeah. I Will Love Again. I mean, Claire kills that song, amazing. Yeah. And I mean, Dancing Queen, Dancing Queen was lazy. Dancing Queen was so lazy. It's like, okay, you guys are coming back after 10 years and you're going to give us Dancing Queen? Really? But. Yeah, I don't think they knew. I think they were just, that was like obviously a stopgap moment. They were like, 
our management doesn't know what they're doing with us and we need to record <laughs> something. So they people always want to compare us to ABBA. So here we go. But the good thing was that there was, for the first time, a bit more of a vocal share and that set things up for the future, which if that didn't happen, I don't know if we would be here talking about it today. Yeah, that's, you know, that's a fun, that's a fun topic because I think Claire sings on, I think she sings on every step song, except for like the ones that they do solo. She sings on every yeah. song. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the boys just, well, we know how H got his leads, but Lee, I mean, he didn't get like diddly squat back then. I mean, nothing. Five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, to think he was the lead, he was the lead vocal on their first single, one of their biggest hits, and then he's gone. Do you know what I mean? That's that's really interesting. And if of course fans of Steps know there was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes as to who got what vocals and who got what exposure in the original times. Um, but yeah, I think that, and you can, you can tell from just the interactions on social media and stuff now that he really appreciates that he's getting a chance to shine vocally and that people are actually enjoying his voice because he has a very good voice and it does complement everyone else in the band. If you listen to the mix, like if you go back and listen through the mixes, it's amazing how much harmony work he does with Claire. He doubles Claire most of the time and people just don't think of him. There were some songs back then that I didn't appreciate, but I did appreciate it when they came back. Um, one of which, excuse me, was um, Here and Now. Here and Now when it came out, I was kind of like, see that whole like buzz era was kind of like, I loved Stomp as a song, but that whoever styled them like needed to get like their head cut off because they looked well, off. They were, yeah, they were trying to jump on that American band, futuristic bandwagon. Everyone did it. Everyone was doing it at the time. Even our, like our homegrown boy band, Human Nature, they were a, vo a vocal harmony group. They're in Vegas. They have a residency in Vegas. And they do all like classic Motown songs and all that kind of stuff. They went through their boy band in period where all of a sudden they've gone from suit jackets and their vests and bleached hair and fully choreographed dance numbers. It was just, you know, par for the course for any kind of pop group at that time that you had to strap on the PVC and deliver Cory. <laughs> I think that that was probably, that was probably the, for me, that's probably where I started to drift off. I was like, uh, stop, stop was the last thing I remember clearly, clearly and going, Oh yeah, that's a cool song. That sounds like steps. And they were trying that obviously they were trying to mature their sound and work with different people but it started to sound like your InSync's and your Britney's and everything else that was saturating the market with that, you know, that Euro pop sound that was so out there, like even Billy Piper or like everyone was doing that kind of sound at that time. So it wasn't, they, they kind of lost their uniqueness in a way, just in my opinion. 
yeah and i um i have like a little um somewhere on here i have like missteps i try not to talk too much about missteps but like <laughs> or a song that could go away from a live show and i would not be unhappy that it's gone and they love it everyone loves it it's the way you make me feel i'm like oh can it die i mean can it just go away but they love it <laughs> i mean i remember it came out i was like I, it was just like it was like and here now came out I was like, Bleh. but you'll be sorry was good but going back to here now when they did it live on the the greatest the ultimate clip so you, yeah you'll be you'll be sorry didn't really get anything here either you'll be sorry was not a was a non-entity in australia they'd really disappeared by then sorry <laughs> no it's um no I'm, i get it it's like it was a great song i mean it was, a, it was a great dance song on the on the same vein of deeper shade of blue because if you think about it deeper shade of blue was really their edgiest song back in the day you know it was, you know, with the dance routine and like the makeup and stuff. But like when they did hear it now at the um, ultimate collection or ultimate tour and they all five sang it, it was just like, that was something that I had never really seen before. And they all, they sound great together. And I was so glad that they decided to do live, sing live. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I just think like to end the first part of Steps, um, you know, Chain Reaction was amazing. The dance routine was amazing. The looks was amazing. The gold era was amazing. And <laughs> the fact that like every single time I watch End of the Road video, the live video, I'm like, how did Lisa and Faye and Lee get through that show knowing that these two had quit i mean and i didn't know this then like i remember boxing day when they announced they split up it's like could you guys have just maybe waited till the end of the show it's like did they have to do it and then you know claire's like here i'm leaving and h is like me too how did you feel when you heard they broke up see i was i <laughs> this is gonna sound bad. Gold seemed like the end of something to me. Like back in the day, back in the day of you know, like the early two thousands, late nineties, a greatest hits usually signaled the end of something. Whether it's like the a certain era of of an artist. So like, I'm trying when Britney brought out her first greatest hits, it was kind of the end of that teen pop era, and then she was. For, for better for better or worse she was experimenting with dance and stuff like that but it was that sugary sweetness was gone and she, yeah she was a, a grown woman for want of a better word but even the fact of gold being being a greatest hits uh, just it just screamed it just screams this is over for me <laughs> I don't know what like even before it got to the end of it it just was like it, it, it looked like a full stop at the end of a sentence. Let's put it this way, because music was changing and we were, especially in Australia, we were steering away from pop at that point. We were going back to guitars and bands and drums and all that kind of thing. That's what was popular. But yeah, I, I wasn't surprised, as I said, because I'd kind of fallen off 
as well. I bought gold because I was like, oh, cool, the greatest hits. Some of these songs I haven't heard because I didn't bother to buy Buzz because it was so hard to get here. So the the greatest hits I saw at the shop and went, oh, I'll have that. I'll have all the singles that I need. And then, you know, <laughs> end of the road, literally. Yeah, and they, I mean, and I mean, and the next single was going to be the, for me, it was going to be the best one, Baby Doe Dance. That was my song. That was my song. And I saw somebody on Facebook, they just bought the single on eBay for like 315 pounds. I'm like, it's really not that serious. I mean, I would love <laughs> to have some it. people it is. <laughs> I, I would love to have it, but it's just not that serious. I mean, I mean, my, like, I was trying to find stuff here in my house that I had of steps because like most of my stuff is in storage but have you seen you yeah. saw have you seen the 10 like yes yeah and they and they signed it and all that kind of stuff and um that was a weird thing and then I have they tried to put this song out called Mars and Venus we fall in love again or something crazy <laughs> and uh I got like a promo like, oh so you have that do you well, there you go. But, but, but isn't it, it's on the, it's not on the British buzz, but I think it's on other buzzes. Yeah, I think it might be on like the Japanese version or something like that. So. But um, having a promo CD makes you pretty special. Well, I wasn't going to, I mean, I don't think that, but you know, thanks, I guess. Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, so, um, like the first time I saw them on their own was I actually went to England because that's what I do. And it was Steptacular Tour at Wembley Arena. It was 2000. And the opening acts were this boy band called Get Ready, this girl named Lolly, and Atomic Kitten. What was your first show? My first step show was the show with you because what? they literally have been come here and I, yeah. Legit, legit. Oh. My first step show was party on the dance floor. So yeah. I think there's not, there wasn't really a better introduction to them having them, you know, back firing at all cylinders, you know, shared vocals, actually enjoying each other, enjoying the music, enjoying performing. It was one of the best concerts I've been to. Um, the production values were, were great. Like the venue was great. That's what I liked about it, actually. You know how sometimes you'll go to a show and there'll be a little bit of like the crowd isn't really there for it or blah, blah, blah. Everyone was there for a step show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they, <laughs> they were ready to party. And it, yeah, it was a great vibe. I've only really ever experienced that again when I went to Janet Jackson in Hawaii. Um, everyone was signed on and ready to party that night as well. But it's it's nice when you go. Oh, I lie. I saw another show here in Australia that had um, Atomic Kitten, Liberty X, E17, um, S Club Three, <laughs> S Club, S Club, S Club Three, but without Joe because she was sick. So I ended up going on stage and singing with them. Are you serious? I'm serious. Check out my Facebook page. You'll be able to see me giving a bit of two in a million action. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
It was Valentine's Day, I think, in 2017 or something like that. 2018, I can't remember. It was a, a few years ago, but it was, yeah, definitely a highlight and bewitched as well. So it was a, it was a big, like, one of those, you know, let's throw all our old acts into a tour bus and tour around Australia moment. You, but You guys get the best shows. I mean, <laughs> I will see lineups and I'm just like, I need to go to Australia. Yeah. So too. that so that being said, we're going to um, we're going to come back um, on this steps playlist episode on is this your playlist? And when we come back, we're going to talk about round two. Stick with us. Hey, this is Brent from Probe Seven, and you're listening to Is This Your Playlist? <laughs> playlisters 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 you are back with me and steve and we are talking about steps and um i'm going to give you guys a little you know how i love a fun fact so steps were born from pete waterman's brain <laughs> a lot of people don't know if he has one uh they were meant to be abba on speed they have had two number one uk albums they've sold 20 million records worldwide they've had 14 consecutive top five singles they had a brit nomination in 1999 for best newcomer while they were on tour with britney spears and uh, then they split in 2001 boxing day Everybody was sad. And uh, then that leads us to round two. But I guess before we start that, um, so what did you think of the whole like H and Claire coming out so fast afterwards? Do you think that that was planned? Uh, yeah, look. Oh, definitely. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they say. Those Those songs were either meant for them which you know they were because you know we've had multiple sources confirming them or they were step songs they definitely were not a separate brand slash entity you know what i mean they were very much catered to the two vocalists that got them and look more power to them they wanted to try something but i just think it was a pity that it was not more of an amicable split that they didn't at least let the other three have an option of doing something um if you know if claire and h didn't want to be in steps anymore then you will yeah you'll never convince me that those some of those songs were not sitting there waiting for or if you if you believe it already recorded um (laughs) ready to go for them i think dj was definitely probably a step song I think what happened with them is the same thing that happens with other bands. They just picked the wrong songs as singles. I mean, Half a Heart was okay, but like just because ABBA writes you a song doesn't mean it needs to be a single. There's a song called Too Close to Tears. That should have been a single. Let Me Carry You should have been a single. I have the album. <laughs> I think it was just too soon for a lot of Steps fans as well. Like if they had given it another couple of months, then maybe it would seem a little bit more organic that, you know, they missed each other. They wanted to work with each other, but to break up on Boxing Day and to 
pretty much kickstart a, a campaign within like a couple of months. It was, I think it was too soon and they felt a bit betrayed because you've got to remember that the, the fan base at that time were still young. And, you know, we'd just gone through, we'd just gone through Jerry Gate as well with the Spice Girls, you know. Robbie had left take that. So I think when, when stuff like that happens in a pop group, whether you like it or not, people take sides. And I think it was a lot easier for them to feel sorry for, or not feel sorry, feel empathy for Lisa and Faye and Lee because they were kind of left to, you know, it's like, oh, your career's over, bye. Well, I mean, I kind of thought maybe, I mean, I wonder if they, I wonder if they thought about doing it as a three piece. I mean, it had to cross somebody's mind. You know what I mean? You think? I feel like they did mention that at some, I feel like they did mention that at some point at the reunion, like when the reunion show aired, which if you, if you are a Steps fan and you haven't seen it, or even if you're not a Steps fan and you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. It's all on YouTube. Steps the reunion. That is some juicy, juicy stuff. That's like, that is some good, that's some good eating. Like that's, <laughs> it is so good. It has to be fattening. And it's like, this is amazing. Cause they just kind of throw it all on the table and go, ah, and yeah, lots of raw emotion and, you know, pent up memories and stuff like that. But who would have thought, coming again coming from a novelty act what was supposed to be a novelty act you would get this gripping story of like you know behind the scenes drama and all that kind of stuff it was it just seems like they started out as one thing and then they found their like the drama and the emotion and everything is is core steps now like there's always something behind the music well, let's hope it's not now because I think they I think they enjoy it now. Although somebody somebody on YouTube said that the um, something in your eyes on the Princess Trust concert or the Princess Trust show, like they said that Claire seemed aloof, like she seemed kind of like she didn't want to be there. And I'm like, I think well, of course she didn't want to be there. See, she was who who styled H and Claire for that. Who? <laughs> They should be shot. I think just in general, and the thing with the reality stuff that they have done with with reunion and on the road again, it's it was great to see the behind the scenes of them go. Claire hates choreography, like hates it. She wants to stand there and be Celine Dion, which yeah, great. She's an amazing vocalist, but as step as H says, you're in steps, love. It's never gonna happen. Like. The name of the band is Steps. There has to be Steps. <laughs> so, Claire, I I like how blunt Claire is about absolutely hating choreography, because she she calls herself a non dancer, but she's never looked out of place in the you know in the dancing world. So yeah, that's I, I can <laughs> Claire has to do anything curry rise. You can tell she's like, oh, why. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and you know it's, it's kind of interesting with claire because you know as you know i, I love tsd <clears throat> i love steps her solo stuff i mean i'm glad she didn't got it out of her system but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't groundbreaking um and like her weight thing um i mean 
Tears on the Dance Floor tour sheet. I mean, I'm watching it right now. It's playing on the TV. It's playing on my TV right there. She looked looked amazing. And like when they got back together, the ultimate tour and she was, she was big. And it's like, it doesn't matter what size she is because excuse my language folks listening, but that bitch can sing. Okay. Period. She can sing and it doesn't matter. But so let's, Let's kind of move a little bit forward. Um, so Lisa's Lately was actually my favorite of the solo things. Lisa's song, Lately. Yeah. I just, it was my second favorite song of that year behind Danny Minogue's uh, Spin Me Round, Begin to Spin Me Round. Oh my God. I listened to that song so many times. <laughs> Here's the thing. I could never hear Spin Me Round again and be happy. Like, never again, if I hear it. But when I heard that mashup, it blew my mind because it sounded like those lyrics were written for that music. And how, who, who came up with that? I, it blew me away. Danny blew me away. Um, <laughs> but Lisa's, Lisa's song was my favorite. Um, and so for me, Second round two is like, um, you know, they kept saying it wasn't going to happen. Claire said it. it was like, it would be silly. But then two weeks later, they're, you know, that's, that's the thing with these groups now. Now I don't believe anybody because like. No, you never can. <laughs> no, because like even Lisa went on TV when she was doing Lately and she was like, oh yeah, we all split up. It was great. You know, I see, I don't, I don't really see H and Claire anymore, but I see, you know, it's like, you can't believe anything anymore. Anyway, so. Steps has done two things for me at a time when like I needed something to believe in. Scared of the Dark came out the month that Steve and I split up. And my whole focus was on Steps again. And that song for me was, it was so amazing, Scared of the Dark was. And it was sort of like where they where we wanted them to be at that moment um yeah and that whole album was just absolutely amazing and uh yeah just the dance routine and the video and they all look so good and it was like steps are back yes so how was your how did you react to scared of the dark when you first heard it new material a Christmas album, da 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 da. Like they weren't sure whether to commit and go full force and go, let's do it, or to have it as an occasional thing and go, you know, like for for the Britney for the British public, the Butlins kind of retro act. Like not not to say that um, it was a bad album or they're bad songs or anything like that. It just wasn't the step that I think the fans wanted that adult contemporary kind of thing isn't what steps is steps is dance music steps is pop music steps is you know great beats great vocals heart tears on the dance floor basically they nailed it with you know the album title they nailed it with that and I think scared of the dark was like a statement of war saying that you counted us out because you know we were considered a joke, but we are 
back and that album is for an for an independent release you know what i mean <laughs> it's a banger like even with the re-release like the songs that they added i don't think that it waters it down at all i think that that was a really really strong era and yeah it gave them a second lease on life <laughs> that they were completely in control of as well which is i think what does it for them they're completely in control of it. They control every aspect of it. And the vocal share was there. I think everyone was happy, which is why it works now. Yeah, I um, I remember hearing it, you know, getting it, getting the album. And um, so I skipped Scared of the Dark because, like, if I've heard a song already, I, I have to skip it the first time listening to it. I have to skip yep. it. The weird thing. I couldn't, I was blown away. Okay, first of all, Happy was my favorite song the minute I heard it. <laughs> it was my favorite song. Um, I just, I couldn't believe how good it was and how modern it was and how it was steps, but it was, it was where, where they were now and where we all wanted them to be. It's an, Yeah, it's an adult version of what they were. Do you know what I mean? They've grown with their audience and I mean, they Firefly, gave us what we wanted. I mean, Firefly? <laughs> oh my God, that's my song. Glitter and Gold? Oh. <laughs> but I think Steps sometimes suffers from what I feel is wrong choices for singles. Story of a heart. Story of a heart. It's like, you don't have to release it because Apple not a second, won't. not a second single anyway. Yeah. I get, I get them going for up tempo banger and ballad, but maybe a fourth single. Yeah, and not neon blue. I wasn't happy with. No, neon blue. I love neon blue. I'm sorry, I oh, neon no. blue is. I I am one of the band with that. I, they love that song, and I I like at the concert. I don't know neon blue for me. This is going to sound really deep. Neon Blue sounds like the mission statement of the group. If you read the lyrics, you're like, it's it. We've had a shitty past. We've gotten over it. We want to party again. We want to, like, we want to do it together. It's not one vocalist. Everyone gets a turn. It's a, it's a bop. I'm sorry. I know that Neon Blue gets a lot of hate, but I, it's one of my favorite. So it's one of my favorite songs of theirs. But I like "Say You'll Be Mine," so whatever. <laughs> What's wrong with "Say You'll Be Mine"? Baby, please. Oh, it gets a lot of flack too. It gets a lot of flack too. But yeah, yeah. no, Neon Blue. I I enjoy it immensely, and yeah, everyone's. I I think that was one of them. I was like Aah! at the concert, screaming, crying, jumping around. Like, Oh, you do that for me one more time? Say <laughs> <laughs> you'll be mine. Okay, see, now I've got that song way. Um, Sorry. So happy, yeah. So happy at the show was, I just, I loved it. I just, it's still my favorite song. And yeah, so, you know, I mean, I was, uh, you know, because I think we're all kind of wondering, like, when they stop, are they going to? Do it Stop again forever. Yeah. And so last year, um, when it was coming around the pike that they were putting out a new song, uh, written by Sia, What the Future Holds. And I kind of was like iffy. I was like, oh, I wonder how are they gonna beat Scared of the Dark? That's what I said. I was like, how are they gonna beat that? And I heard it and I'm like, oh my god. 
I played that song every single day from the moment it got on Spotify. I still you play have it. it's my warm up. You song. have no idea how hard I looked for that leak. It took me it took me months, but I found it. <laughs> I found the leak of the original version. I'm like, aha. I have the it. original version by Sia? No, 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 not Sia, by Steps. Because oh. there was the big controversy that it was loaded onto, I was Japanese iTunes, I think, for like half an hour and <laughs> early and people grabbed it. But then you couldn't find it anyway, could you? Take it down, take it down, take it down. I'm like, oh, I need to hear this song. It was like the bane of my existence forever. I'm like, I need to hear this song. Where is this song? I want to hear this song. And then just one night, I was like, I'm doing my regular search. There it was. So, yeah, it's definitely, yeah. I feel like they've managed to successfully do it again. Like that graduation of sound Mm -hmm. because the album is definitely not all what the future holds. What the future holds and something in your eyes are probably the poppiest moments. But there's a lot more retro vibe in there. There's like the contents mature. Like it's it steps for 2020. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and I saw. The, I remember seeing the video and for what the future holds, and it was just it was so them, and it was just so what they do in that this thing. Like <laughs> every time I played at work, I was just like. <laughs> I love that dance <laughs> and something in your eyes is those are my two warm-up songs every day those two songs um and it's kind of funny that like they got so much grief online about something in your eyes being a cover it's like um I'm sorry Westlife <laughs> you know um I love something in your eyes but yeah, the album's kind of. I think the fact that the other, like, I think that that, yeah, that whole that whole covers for different countries thing used to be quite quite like common, is that someone would release it in Australia, and then a different band release it in the UK, and a different band release it in the US. But in the modern day, it's not something that's really done anymore. So for for them to do a song that is quite oh, I, i'd never heard the original version of something in your eyes but whatever that's that doesn't mean anything <laughs> um but yeah and look their version is i think quite different it, it gives you that aberon speed vibe that that they've been notoriously compared for for the, their whole career um i play that album at work a lot and my regional manager comes in and goes oh this is that ABBA song I'm like it's not an ABBA song like I've played it that en- I've played it enough that he knows it he knows the melody to it and it's not his kind of music at all but he's like bopping to it so I yeah I think that that was a bit of unfairness but whatever yeah it's all good though because guess what they're 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 moving strength to strength and they're just getting better and um so, I mean, that leads us, uh, this is the perfect time to do this podcast because in two, days, <laughs> in two days, my favorite song on the album, the new album, um, Heartbreak in the City, 
is being released as a single. That was when I first listened to the album. That was it. That was I just knew it. It's like so get your mind made up. I was just like, mm. and I love how online they were saying, "Oh, we're gonna have a collaboration," and it was all hush hush and and secretive. And then when I found out who it was, I was like, "Really, Michelle?" I love her. Well, but I'm, I'm I'm just telling you. It's just like we said, Steve and I were talking at the beginning, and for me. Heartbreak in the City is no reproach. It is flawless. There is nothing that you can add to that song that will make it better. So I will be interested to see what Michelle does. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna hate my next comment, but at least it's not Gary Barlow. <gasps> Gary Barlow, what? <laughs> I <laughs> well, yeah. Look, I. Now that was it's, just it's a that different. Just it's a very. <laughs> it's a different approach like adding michelle visage is a different approach gary can do no wrong <laughs> in your heart anyway heart, yeah. um Team Robbie. So, so um i guess you know i guess we can end it with like i mean like what's your best steps moment what's your favorite song let's just do some honorable mentions um do you know what I I'm I'm gonna I there's not a a song that I really hate by them and I think I've got a, I've got a really good feeling that this is still not the end. I th I feel like they've got at least one more album coming. I think had they released the album when they wanted to, that we might be in a different boat. That they would have had the full what the future holds campaign out and done, and they'd be moving on to a 25th anniversary, which would be. Hello, it's going to be a greatest hits, right? Like <laughs> that'd be stupid not to do something like that. It might but I, I feel like that there's definitely an album re-release coming for the tour. They've they've even said that there's there's got there's going to be extra stuff. But I think that there's one more big one in them before they you know before they part, and that that kind of makes me excited more than like I I love their songs and I love their back catalogue, but especially with the last two albums, they've proven that they can keep bettering themselves and changing themselves and making it work. So I'm excited for what the future holds. <laughs> <laughs> Cheesy. I know, but hey, you got to get that promo in. But <laughs> if they do a 25 year anniversary, I have the perfect band to open for them. Yes, uh, is this the one that I hit? <laughs> I I put that in your little brain, didn't I? <laughs> but hold on, hold on. Minus one. <laughs> um, Minus I think, one. I think if they do it, it would be kind of cool. If Mylene doesn't want to do it, oh well, she couldn't sing anyway. Wow. Um. So it should be Danny, Noel, Suzanne, Kim, and Johnny. Yeah, and then throw some money at Liberty X as well. And that would be like mixed band heaven. You know what I mean? That was, that was one of the questions on, I, that I didn't get to go over, like which were the best and the worst of the steps wannabes. And uh, people were like, Scooch were good. Six were not good. Pop wasn't good. All stars weren't good. Hearsay was good. Liberty X was good. Liberty X was great considering that they were the losers. Do you know what I mean? They were meant to be the losers 
and they outlasted that original band. Their material was better. They, their image was better. They're better singers. Like, yeah, you know I, I am a Liberty X stand. I'm down for Liberty X. So I'm down for Liberty X too. It's weird though. Like, I kind of think when I saw Liberty X and I saw Hearsay, I almost thought that it was one of those situations where, like a Reynolds girl situation where if you put five people in a group, you can make them famous no matter what. Oh, you can make, you can definitely make them famous, but can you make them a viable music act? But you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. when you saw Liberty X, you would have thought they would have been the winners just because of the vibe and the way they look. But like Hearsay was kind of odd. You know, they're an odd combination. I hope that happens. I think that I think it's gonna happen for here. I I don't see hearsay. I, I mean, I've never. I'm seen gonna it. put the vibe out there. I want the triple. I want the triple feature, because hearsay <laughs> could be the opening act. Liberty X could be the like the support act, but it needs to have the boys back. The girls are great by themselves, but I want I want a five piece, because we're doing the whole boy girl group thing, and then steps in the main act. Boom. I, I don't know if I don't know if Kev's gonna leave wet 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 though. You never know. Wet, wet, a lot, a lot of wet, wet, wet are older than Kev too, though. So who knows what's <laughs> going to happen in the next couple of years? Kev was my, oh god. I know. Hello. Oh. Kevin and Lee together. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Kevin yeah. Lee, H. They're all like, they're good looking dudes. Come on. <laughs> I remember when the H H thing, I'm gay, came out in the magazine. We're like, wow. Um, the sky is blue. The day is long. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, Steve, I cannot tell you how amazing this has been for me to have you come and we have this chat about steps. I think you're absolutely amazing. And if they do play, I I would like for you to come because it's going to be awesome. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I, I just, I can't tell you how happy I am. So um, it's my ple- it is my pleasure as i said it's, it's good to actually see each other face to face as opposed to just facebook messages and comments <laughs> and pictures um so yeah love you so much have a good rest of your afternoon and i uh, will you and too. i will talk to you soon and um playlisters this is steve and i'm kedrick and we're signing <laughs> off and is this your playlist rolls on see ya bye Thank you for tuning in tonight to Is This Your Playlist? If you are tuning in for the first time and like what you've heard, please like and subscribe. We can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and many more. Find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Please join Kedrick and Rissa next time for more fun facts and witty banter. My name is Joey. Thank you, and good night.